fucking Christ, man. How about that? <laughs> Fuck off. Brunch. Hit it, boys. Grammy nominations are out and tough act to follow after last year. Remember last year was like sneaky. Holy smokes. That was the best Grammys ever. Well, best Grammy show, not in terms of the awards. Couldn't tell. Actually, I could tell you one. Award. Yeah, you couldn't, can. couldn't tell you most of the awards. Mm-hmm. I do remember uh, we were like, why isn't BTS winning stuff? Uh, I remember BTS. Well, wasn't... I remember BTS stands be like being like, why isn't BTS winning stuff? Right. But even uh, like we, we watched BTS at the end of the show and we were like, all right, so that's like the best thing that pop music has going right now. They were, it seems like you guys weren't giving stuff to them during the show, but they only gave out like two awards. Um, but there was the, obviously there was the iconic Dua Lipa performance. Iconic for sure. That really had a lot of people in their feelings, feeling some type of way, feeling a way maybe they hadn't felt in a long time. Just a lot of people got that, uh, just beaten down by quarantine mm-hmm. and they saw that Dua Lipa performance people didn't know what to do with themselves there was uh Haim was great everyone figured out who Black Pumas was mm-hmm. that was a big moment everyone was like this song's great then Colors was in every commercial for a million years so great Grammys show last year even famously not a Grammys guy, Pete Blackburn, yeah. was quite into it. Yeah, I mean, like, I am, I could, I really am not a big Grammys guy in terms of, like, both the awards, and I don't, I don't, like, I like the musical performances, but I thought that what the Grammys did last year was way cooler than, like, a typical Grammy show, and it made, not only made the best of a bad situation with the pandemic, it, like, was possibly better than any Grammys that I'd ever seen. So... I think you and I both agree it's a tough act to follow. I'll say nominations came out today. The tw- the what would it be? 64th or something, whatever. The the 60 the January 3rd, 2022 Grammys, we'll call them. Let me see. The what Roman numeral 64th. is it? 64th. Nailed okay. it, Good Dave. Job. Okay. Good job. Uh the 64th Grammy Award experience is off to a great start. Because the nominees came out today, and the only reaction that anybody had is Beethoven gets nominated for Grammys. Beethoven's up for a bunch of Grammys. Really? Kind of, because like orchestral Grammys, like if somebody does Symphony Number no. 9 and that gets nominated for a Grammy, kind of Beethoven's up for it. And this has happened a lot of times where like dead people's work, if it's covered or whatever, gets nominated. But I don't know. I don't think Twitter was paying attention back then. All music Twitter is today is <laughs> memes about Beethoven and the Grammys, and it's the fucking best. My favorite one is uh, like Beethoven after he gets this Grammy, and it was it's just like the famous drawing of Beethoven, but it's on Instagram, and the first comment is, "Come to Toronto, I'm your biggest fan." <laughs> It's a lot of people treating Beethoven like a pop artist, and that's the funniest shit I've ever heard. That is tremendous. I love that. It's so yeah, I think I've I've retweeted a couple of them. Um, you're getting a lot of the uh, of like the the funeral memes, like carrying the casket. Oh yeah, like yeah. dancing. Yeah, uh, a lot of Undertaker type memes. We were sitting here getting ready for the show. I kept clicking play on videos, and a lot of them had the ba da 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 and you were like, what <laughs> yeah. are you watching? I was like, eh, it's kind of relevant to her, but a lot, of, a lot of videos of people coming back to life, a lot of wrestlers involved, A-plus memes on Beethoven winning Grammys. I am, I am a big fan of the idea, of the meme idea of just treating Beethoven like he's a 21st century pop star, yes. and like some of the problematic, not problematic, but like psychotic behavior that we treat pop stars oh, yeah. with like me telling lily james to run me over with her oh, car oh no I, I think like i think problematic is a correct word but it's like accepted problematic yeah, yeah. so like people like <laughs> bunch of like teenage girls being like yo beethoven run me over with your car absolutely beethoven work with jack <laughs> <laughs> I do love right I do love the uh, like hey come to blank because I, anytime I join like an Instagram live with uh with like John Mayer or, or any any musician that I have any interest in 
all like 95% of the comments are just like, come to Brazil. Yes. Come, come to blank. And it's just like, well, yeah, I mean, like, he will. He tours, and I'm sure that he's going to. He's not choosing to stay away from those places. It's just like, you know, the the commanding uh, comments to tell people to come to my city is so funny. Yes, like that's like that's going to work. Yeah, right. I oh my god. Uh, so I'm tweeting. It's like tweeting at like a hockey player and being like, "Yo, come to Anaheim." Sign like, with oh, uh, we're just like come to Anaheim. Yeah. It's like, well, I will when the Got when the schedule tells me to. All right, so I'm tweeting Jack produce Beethoven's next album at Jack Antonoff. Let's go. There that you go. Should... Oh like shit! That. I never tweeted. Uh, I never tweeted Moneyball with guns. Oh yeah, I know. I was kind of waiting for that. You had sent them to me uh, in a private text message, yeah, a private and, personal text. Yes, message. Uh, and I was wondering if you were going to do something with them. I thought you were just maybe like spitballing that idea, but it came out so good that I'm, I'm shocked that you didn't do anything with them. Well, you've been damn. Now I just fired off the Antonov tweet. I feel like I got to wait a few minutes. You've been uh, huge on the Photoshop game. Like, yeah, just I don't know why. Recreational Photoshop. Yes, <laughs> you, uh, you sending out the uh, alternate. Po- alternate universe posters of the tomato fights those were great movies that was such a good idea those were very yeah we'll, we'll like, have to do that like taking the concept of one of like the opponent's poster turning and then like turning the other movie into that poster. i think it, i i hope it's not specific to something like that where both the movie posters are if you blanked out all the names and the faces you'd be able to be like uh that's the fugitive mm-hmm. that's um that's social network I don't know if we did them with a bunch of other ones people would know, but yeah, Fugitive and Social Network, as we discuss on this past uh, Tomato Fights with our friend Randy Havens, Iconic what posters, posters. Yeah. great posters, like I kind of actually want to print out the Fugitive as uh, Social Network posters, so the one with Harrison Ford that says I didn't kill my wife, <laughs> I think that if we may, like, I want to print that out and put it wherever we record our, our local podcasts, because that actually is like a pretty sick poster. Uh, check out Tomato Fights, by the way, on Patreon. And uh, many have been asking if there is going to be any sort of uh, Black Friday Patreon sale. And uh, Pete and I were wrestling with it because actually we were planning a new tier on the Patreon, a late November 2021 tier and it is we're, we're gonna drop that anyway just regardless of black friday or anything like that but we are going to be introducing a 300 tier it's called the 300 tier it has all the benefits of the five dollar tier tomato fights bonus episodes but with all the extravagance of a much more expensively titled tier so if you're interested in the $300 tier, that will be made available starting Wednesday. But because it's Black Friday, we actually are going to have a sale. It will only be on the $300 tier. And because we want people to get on this tier, we're going to offer it at a massive discount from starting tomorrow or Wednesday, today, when you're listening to this, in perpetuity, the $300 tier will be $10. But wait. We're going to cut it in half, giving you a savings of $295. That's right. Is this a good idea or is this like a little... No, I, I mean, I think... Give, it, like we're just giving a lot of people $295. Yeah, I think it, it may be uh, tough to wrap your head around a deal this good. Mm-hmm. So like maybe there's some confusion from the listeners as to being like, what? You're, You're giving us, us the $300 value for $5? Yeah. It sounds... I mean, it sounds crazy, but... This is the time of year where you do crazy prices. Right. Yeah, it's it's you know, we're going to take a bath on this. It's it's you know, it is what it is, but it's for you guys. It's for it's for all of you. So, if you want to get it on the $300 tier for the low price of only $5, that's a again, that's a savings of $295. Can't even believe it. Uh you go to patreon.com/listentobrunch, sign up, and then when you do it, maybe tweet just saved 290 just made 295 dollars thanks brunch and uh maybe the screen grab of something that says you just signed up for the 295 the 300 tier for five dollars and then you could listen to tomato fights yeah with randy havens with katie nolan yeah and with- like if you really think about it tomato fights is a million dollar idea so if you are signing up 
for five dollars on Black Friday, mm. you're really you're saving you're saving two hundred ninety five dollars. But in reality, when you think about it, it's, you are saving nine hundred thousand nine nine hundred ninety nine thousand yep. and ninety nine hundred ninety five dollars. Wow. I mean, that is the best Black Friday deal that you could possibly come across. You are saving between, at minimum, you're saving two hundred ninety-five dollars. Mm-hmm. In reality, you're saving nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-five dollars. Yes, that is. There's a huge gap of the money that you could be saving too. So you want to pick any number in there, you can do it, but. Patreon.com slash listen to brunch. We're doing this because we care about you. Uh, also, famously have been asked, uh, can we bring back Vineyard Nights candles for Black Friday? Because some people wanted to save them for gifts and everything. Vineyard Nights candles will be available at a Black Friday price, I believe. I hope it's this price. Uh, because if I say the wrong price, I'm just going to have to make it that price. We're just crazy price, guys. Uh, $35, which I think is a savings of... $13 for all three candles, and they have been very well received. Everybody loves those things. People want more of them. I have them. I love them. Pete Pete gets them. He lights them. People were coming up to us in Houndmouth uh, last week saying, hey, I love the smells of the candles. This one's my favorite. Lots of talk about the candles, so those will be available, but... That's only a savings of $13. I'm not telling you how to spend your money. If you really want to... You are telling people how to save their money, though. That's right. And that's by going to patreon.com slash listen to brunch and getting the $300 tier for $5. You could also get the this is a stick-up tier. There is no no deal on that because it that remains a stick-up. Right, that's yeah. That's still $100 for no benefits. Right. That's, you know... If we if we wanted to change that and make that a deal, then it's not a stick up. And it's a bad stick up. We're men of principle. It's a terrible who we the call us the the sticky bandits because that would make us terrible at stick ups. I'm glad that you mentioned the sticky bandits because we are going to talk about the new Home Alone movie on this episode. And I don't boy, really want to. <laughs> I do want to. I I, I want to talk, talk about, about it. The disappointment. And, yeah, and so I mean, like, do you want to get into it now? I guess. Um, or what do you want to hit beforehand? Yeah, I mean, there's a few things we could hit. I will say, uh, on kind of the subject of uh, Grammy nominations and music, I was in no hurry to check out the Silk Sonic album, and Feidelberg was very relentless with his tweets about that album. So I was on a car ride home, had some time, popped it on. That is an awesome album. Yeah. It's it was never great. not going to be an awesome album. It was album. right, exactly. Like, Bruno Mars doesn't make bad music. That was going That's, to be excellent. It seems it seems like a stupid thing to say, but, like, I didn't rush to check out that album because I knew I was going to like it. And, right. like, there was no mystery there. It was more just like, you know, this this album will be there when I'm ready for it. Yeah, and it's like, always going to be It's going to be good in a month. It's going to mm-hmm. be good in a week. It's great. Favorite song on it, Put On A Smile. But it's... It's just, man, song power. Great songs performed by just a couple of virtuosos. Mm -hmm. That was never not going to be excellent. So, I don't know. I kind of feel bad for Bruno Mars in a way because people, it's, he makes a lot of derivative stuff and he kind of cosplays a lot. So people could be like, oh, well, this is the, this is uh, Bruno Mars's like soul record, just like. The 24 Carat was Bruno Mars's new Jack record. And, like, everyone knows that Bruno Mars just does a song like Sting or does a song like this guy. But even though he does that, the songs are so fucking good. Yeah. And unbelievable songs, at least in Top 40 land, don't exist as prevalently as they used to. So he is on... Like, and he's just... He's, like, a performer, too. Like, he's a performer and an entertainer. And he, he knows... Like, he commits... Commits yeah. to an extent that you don't see a lot of pop artists committing to. Especially when that album comes out the same day as the Adele album. And Adele is like ultimate talent. Just mm-hmm. like talent, performance. How are the songs? Fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you could take any artist. You could take Bieber or whomever. And like they have their thing that makes them so good and that makes them so infectious. Bruno Mars truly... Could do it every which way. Mm-hmm. Bruno Mars could be Bieber if he wanted to. Yes, Bieber couldn't be yeah. Bruno Mars. Like I yeah, always right. say that about like Adele and Beyonce. Like 
if Beyonce wanted, she could just stand there. Not that just standing there is a bad thing, but like she could be sort of that like have that stoic. It's charm. about the music. Yeah, like yeah, it's she, it's yeah. about my song to yeah. you. But she can do everything. Instead, perfect, she, so she wants, does everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of how Bruno Mars is. So like that's kind of that where where Bruno excels is kind of where I had my complaints with John Mayer and Sabrock, where it was like. You you sold us this thing, but you didn't fully commit to it. You didn't you didn't like just deliver. Those boys committed. <laughs> right? Yeah. You didn't you didn't like you you sold us an '80s album, but like you didn't fully seem to want to go there and really kind of you know like it, wrap yourself in the '80s aesthetic. Yeah. You kind of still wanted to do like a John Mayer type thing, whereas like Bruno Mars, if he's doing um if he's doing like this like jazz whatever if he's doing this uh like soul record he's like enveloping himself to a ridiculous extent in that like stench it's kind of like um like sing street made like very very 80s songs Mm -hmm. um and it's a movie that was made now about kids making 80s songs and and like they do it so well to the point where you're like this wasn't I've an heard, yeah, I've right. heard this before. Exactly. So that that's like that is work well done. Mm-hmm. And Bruno Mars does that so well. And it's like different from everyone can do not that not that it's easy, but like a lot of artists can do a modern take on whatever. Like churches will do like a modern take on 80 sounding stuff, and that's so fun and that's so great, and that's kind of the church's thing. But to really get in there, especially like with what Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack are doing, where they want to go back and make those like seventies songs, those are that's like very very sophisticated shit. That's not like a Jack Antonoff go over to a MPC and rustle something up. Like you need to have some insane music theory knowledge, some yeah. insane chops. And- yeah, and you have to take an entire like decade or decades plus worth of like genre yeah and do do something that sounds so familiar that like brings you back to a place but doesn't make you feel like you're listening to something that already exists totally not a challenging thing not easy to do at all so seriously we don't talk about bruno mars a ton on here because he's kind of taken for granted i guess and like, honestly, so. like I didn't think he should have won the Grammy for 24 Karat Magic. I was like, that's not going to be the best thing Bruno Mars does. But whatever. It's like a fun party record. But all the credit in the world to Silk Sonic. That's a great, great record. I'm assuming it'll be the only thing they do because it'd be sort of weird if there was just like... It would get a little Greta Van Fleetish if they just like stayed making that stuff. And it's like, we already know that you guys have other jobs. <laughs> right. And... You're very good at those. So I want to shout those uh, guys out. Also uh, mentioned we saw Houndmouth. We, we did. We saw Houndmouth. And we've been getting some tweets from people saying they are going to those shows because of the brunch podcast. We had people coming up to us at the show saying, oh, I knew it because of you or I knew it because of you. And the Pete Blackburn Houndmouth coaching tree <laughs> is bearing fruit like you read about. It is. It's something that I'm pretty proud of. Uh, like, even uh, even Big Cat. Like, Big Cat heard about Howlmouth from me, and I was like, damn, that's... Like, Howlmouth is, like, the first band, I think, that I've ever put you on to. Hell yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's it's very rare. I think listeners of this podcast know that I'm famously not the music guy. And so to have to have a band that is so good and that I love so much, and then, like, somehow, some way... I got there first. Feels pretty good. It's like a nice little like feather in my cap. If you haven't seen Houndmouth yet at our Oof. Uh, recommendation, baby. you still oh, please do it. It was that an intentional oh baby? No, their song "Ride or Die" has an oh baby, <laughs> ride or die. Uh, if you haven't seen them yet, they're still playing shows, and get in there and see that show. It was. Honestly, it was going to be great no matter what. We've seen them before. We know that they're incredible. This was, I think, both of our first times back at a club show, mm-hmm. and it felt great. It I did. Mean, it did. And uh, 
Yeah, I mean, like, it was wild. Like, we, we were obviously hu- huge Houndmouth fans. Everybody knows that. But, like... Famously. Yeah, and and it's it's weird because, like, I know how much I love Houndmouth, but I think that it's... And I know how good they are, but, like, when you go to a show, I think it's sort of, like, hammers at home. You're like, fuck, they are so good. And they played an entire show with cutting out 25% of their catalog because they didn't play a single a single song from um golden age from golden age i think an error was made mm-hmm. <laughs> uh i mean like i like i, I like golden age i also, like so, cool i like that i, I like to some... yell at them about their set lists <laughs> yeah. and they aren't like who the fuck are you go away dude because i yelled at them for not doing any golden age uh they didn't do any golden age i like some of the songs from golden age my least favorite of the four albums but it, it, i do like some songs from there they cut out the entire album and they still did a show in which they didn't play a single bad song or a single song that i was like ah I could have done without this one. Every single song in the set list, I was like, this song rules. I'm so glad they're playing this. Yep. Had to pee pretty much as soon as we got to where we were standing. And Mm -hmm. there was never an opportunity to go get a drink, to walk around, to do anything. Because they were just absolutely on one from the second they hit the stage. Just absolutely killing it. Great set list. Great energy. Uh, Should point out. Yes. Yes. They dedicated a song dedicated to a you, song to Dave Bean. Uh, I need to get your honest opinion on this yeah. because I was chatting to the boys after, and I was like, "Oh man, you guys screwed up." The because the audience was really just like plugged into that show; they were <laughs> so into them, and and they didn't they didn't speak to the they didn't do a lot of crowd not work. a lot of crowd work. They were they were just. I fans. actually heard the girl in front of us uh, or beside us was like, huh, they just they're, they're not going to talk to the crowd, huh? Like, I think they played four or five songs before they even said anything to the crowd at Good. all. Assert that's dominance. Exactly. And that's a classic Father John Misty move. Yes. The what do you think, pals? Is he talking tonight? Or <laughs> yeah. No? Um, but it's but it didn't feel like a they're there and we're here kind of thing. It was like a very again, maybe it was because I hadn't been to a club show in a while. All about business. But that felt like everybody was in it together. I mean, audience singing every word, just really it also has the thing of like an album came out recently and when you see a band shortly after they put out an album, I the love the different. energy of just like people singing the words, maybe fucking up a few words, but well, because it's 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 like for most of the people there, it's the first time they're hearing those songs live. Yeah, like when you when a, a band is touring, uh, like off of old stuff, it's you know there there's not the same energy because you know that if you've been to see them before, you're going to see the same stuff, and you yeah, know, it's still going to be great, but you're not going to get the first time experience. Yeah, uh, Mackenzie, the "I don't think you listen" section was a big scream along mm-hmm. from everybody, and I knew it was going to be like that. I knew that that was going to be. Uh, Not a single beer smoked, though, by you. No beers smashed, and uh, disappointment that uh, we did not throw keys. I know, yeah. There, yeah. Matt was like, I was not ruling out <laughs> like getting hit by some keys. <laughs> I was like, nah, I need those things. But um, yeah, they before that song, they said, uh, like, this one goes out to our dear friend DJ, because I was... I've been riding for Mackenzie, man. Mm-hmm. And I've been kind of like biting my tongue awkwardly being like, hey, Hanmouth's new stuff isn't out yet. But once it comes out, I got a good feeling there's a <laughs> song that's fucking incredible. And it's like a top five Hanmouth song. So I've been riding for Mackenzie forever. So uh, Shane, wearing the dopest jacket in the world, dedicated Size nine sizes too big. I believe it was a six XL. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, uh. <laughs> I believe it's a six XL. It's a Levon Helm jacket. It's, it's incredible. A, that fucking guy, man. He's the coolest person in the world. He can pull off anything. Um, much better than Kyle Kuzma trying to do oh, the yes. same thing. Yeah, Shane did it first. Anyway, uh, from my perspective, maybe it's because I hate myself. Uh, Shane was like, "This one goes out to our dear friend DJ," and um, I recall a hush befell the audience. Um, I wouldn't say it was a hush, but it was uh, very much a okay, a, not a change in energy. Oh, so that's what they said. I'll take that. Yeah. I thought that I heard it as like, all right, this one goes up to our dear friend DJ Bean. No, no, nothing was sucked out of the out of the crowd. Yeah, okay. It was, it was just, it flatlined. No, I wouldn't want to say it, it, was, it, it stayed, it plateaued. 
uh, there was someone yelled, "Yeah, go Bruins!" Really? Which was like a, <laughs> I guess, like word association type of thing. He yeah. Was doing. Or yeah, or just like, yeah, just not really keeping up with your career very much. Yeah. Like, oh fuck, uh, <laughs> Bruins, right? Yeah. So, uh, excellent show. Uh, famously, we've not had them on the podcast uh, these last couple of weeks, despite saying that we would. But uh, honestly, all of our houndmouth time has been de- dedicated to uh, just like friendship. Yeah, just like hanging out with them. Yeah. yeah. So like, we, we had a couple opportunities. We could have knocked out an interview or something. And we'll do that at some point. But it's just nice to catch up with those guys. So if you're upset that you don't get to hear houndmouth, you know, I I understand and... I uh, listen to the record, <laughs> right? I understand. The real truth is, especially because we did say that we were going to. But here's here's the way that you should look at it. We we're getting the hangs in. We did hang out with Hanmouth, uh, and so it's all people really want to know. We're building the relationship so that when we do get them on the podcast again, it's going to be even better. It's going to be even better. We're going to have the best times. We're going to have the best vibes. Yeah, I mean, I already think that we. The vibes even are like pretty close to the ceiling. Spoken, even <laughs> if we hadn't spoken to them after the the only other time they were on the podcast, mm-hmm. if we didn't speak to them, no nothing, no numbers exchanged, no follows on social media, if we just like booked them again five years later, I still think there was enough chemistry there that we'd have a fucking unbelievable segment with them. I mean, yeah. We were joking about some like dark stuff oh, yeah. <laughs> on there. Uh, well, like we were joking about like a like uh, oh a kid overdosed or something mm, yeah he, he uh i'll he, say right now that's not something i would joke about no. right now he uh he, he buried a, a bag of drugs at the music festival yes and then overdosed and yeah. they were trying to figure out like who is responsible mm-hmm. and everything and uh yeah anyway so uh don't listen to that interview and like cancel me or pete uh but we had enough chemistry off of that that if we did an interview now with them having Never spoke another word to them. We'd be good. But instead... Now we're just best pals. We just strengthened, we just strengthened those relationships. And those are, the, those are the sweetest guys out there, man. Yeah, absolutely. Tr- like, truly good fucking people. That's going to ruin... That's going to tarnish their uh, rock star reputation. But truly fucking really, really, really good guys. So check them out. They're called Houndmouth. They got a new album called Good For You Out. And while you're at it, listen to Golden Age. That's the fucking best record i love it so much ah, i don't know if it's their best it, record but it's seriously one of my favorite recent records okay. certainly on the uh all underrated team of the last however many years you will be happy to learn that i recently started watching succession hell yeah are you happy to learn that you recently started watching succession wouldn't know because i haven't but i did recently rewatch season one of jersey shore fucking christ man how about that <laughs> fuck off with Mike, the situation with everybody. So that, yeah, you sent me a te- you sent me a text this week, being like, "How cool would it be if we could get Mike, the situation on the podcast?" Yeah, I was watching Jersey Shore. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I was just like suddenly you were obsessed with getting Mike, uh, Mike, the situation on the podcast in like any way that you possibly could. I had, some and I was sort like, of, "This doesn't make any sense to me." I had some sort of like coffee induced episode that I was texting you throughout. Being See, like, we should get Mike's situation on. Oh my god, that'd be so funny. All right, what if we got him on to do this? Fuck, my day's ruined. We're never going to get Mike's situation on. He wouldn't say yes to this. I don't like the way that you uh, you set this up because, like, if you had just said that, I'd be like, oh shit, that's really cool. I'm I'm happy that you're doing that. Mm-hmm. But like, you did it. You the way you positioned it is like, oh, so I I thought about watching had the succession. opportunity to. Yeah. I had I clearly had time. Yeah. And instead, I decided to do this, and that for no reason, I just decided to make you believe that. Yeah, I'm just uh, keeping you on your toes. I, as I was saying, I started to watch Succession. You like began reaching for like a big binder of material you had ready. You were like, "We can finally talk about Succession on this fucking podcast." But it's all about the mental binder because you famously have seen Jersey Shore, correct? I have. That leads to. The greatest trivia game-ish type thing. I told you I had a cool trivia thing you, coming you up. You did say this. Friends, around Thanksgiving, do this with your family and friends and whomever. Assuming everyone has seen Jersey Shore and we spent a couple of years watching it, right? You, we all watched two, three seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Season one was famously on the Jersey Shore. Season two, Miami. Who knows what happens after, but there's Ron. There's the whole game. They went to Miami in season two? 
Yeah, it, I started to watch season two as well. Okay. I'm really not going to watch Succession. Man, but, that's crazy that they didn't like do like two seasons at the Jersey Shore. I know. And, right? then, they, and then we're like, maybe we should sh- switch this up. I think that they, I mean, they they all got arrested so many times there, though. <laughs> in Miami or in Jersey? Jersey. Like, oh, so they probably had, like... <laughs> Ron got arrested for knocking the guy out. Uh, Mike was bringing home some girls that got arrested. There was a lot of arrests. And I realized from watching season one, we're going to get to this game that I'm going to do in a second. And it's a really good game. Okay. Can't, it's a, like a million dollar game. Uh, they talk about sex so much. It's on all the, they talk about. But like I didn't realize till I was rewatching it. I was like, "That's the entirety of what that's like based the around." Whole summer, and like all they're talking about is like getting girls and pulling girls, and, and I'm like, they each have sex like twice. <laughs> <laughs> From what you know, yeah, I guess. Yeah, right. I guess that's like shown, but yeah, like they they have sex twice. But like, I'm bringing home girls every night, but a lot of it is like they bring home, and I'm not saying that like they should be every night, like smashing to use their term a different person but all but all they talk about is how each night different girl each night different blah blah blah. and a lot of it is like i don't know i guess it's just so much more childish than i remembered because a lot of it's like yo you see me hooking up with that girl and i was like you guys kissed for like a second that's not (laughs) hooking up it's fair i have like a real boomer energy towards uh that uh show for some reason but here's the game i want to play I am going to give you a cast member's name, and you tell me the sound clip that plays during their introduction. Okay, this, in the is, a, this is a good one. This is a good game, right? Yeah. I was saying, I was like, man, I want to hook up like a phone line to this, maybe call the circling back guys, because this is a great thing to just spring on somebody. Do you want it in order or out of order? Um, In order. I don't think it really matters. Okay. Now, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, famously. There's eight members. Yeah. How many do you think you'll get? One, probably. There's one guaranteed. Yeah. Do we want to get that out of the way? I mean, that would be yeah, out of order. Sure. But do you know who the... What, yeah, what's it's, the... it's Wow. Oh! That's the one that I know. Okay, so let's play. All right, so the one I thought you would get would be... Well, we'll say after who I okay. thought it would be. All right. DJ Pauly D. Um, this is such a good game. Uh, I don't I don't really know. I, I, I feel like part of the, the clip is... Oh, yeah! Um, no. Okay, so I I don't know. I I really don't. So it is the a voiceover guy that sounds a lot like the damn son. Where'd you find this voice saying DJ Paulie Del Vecchio? Okay, okay. It's I believe the um. It is one of two sound clips that is not the voice okay. of that person. Okay, that's good to know. So, O for one. Not that it matters. No. Uh. Snooky. Snooky, um oh shoot. Um it's something about her like something about like a uh like a small drink or something or like I feel like it's like a a, a reference like a small package or something. You can have one lifeline. Okay. The lifeline is call a random person Put them on speakerphone and see if they can get it. Huh. It can be a circling back guy. Okay. All right. Which yeah. circling back guy do you want to call? Uh, I'm going to call... Uh, I'm going to call Will. Okay. I feel like Will Will might know. I am calling Will DeFreeze. Hello, Will DeFreeze. This is DJ Bean, and I'm here with Pete Blackburn. We're recording the Brunch Podcast, and Pete has used you as a lifeline for the coolest trivia game ever. I'm in. Okay, the game we are playing is I give Pete a cast member's name from the hit MTV show Jersey Shore, and he tells me the sound clip that plays during their introduction in the credits. Okay. Can, I, can you repeat the question? Okay. Have you seen the show Jersey Shore? I have. All right. You remember in the beginning, they play an LMFAO song. Get crazy. Get uh, that song. And each cast member is introduced while 
a clip plays underneath them. For example, we have already done DJ Polly D, which is DJ Polly Del Vecchio. Pete is hook is uh is stumped. He's hung up on Snooky. Well, Sammy is the sweetest bitch you'll ever meet. So that that's was the, the only one that I, one that I knew. The most <laughs> obvious one. Yep. Oh, that's Sammy. Right. Okay. Oh my God. Get crazy. Get wild. Get crazy. Oh man, Snook. I'm totally blanking. I'm so embarrassed right now. It's a isn't it's a good game, right? It's a good game, but it's a great game. Okay. I don't know the answer either. I, I feel like I it's I don't know the answer. This is really gonna kill me because I as I watched so much of this show for so I long. Knew That's why I knew he did. That's why I called you. Michael Weiner's podcast, Jersey, the official podcast of the Jersey Shore. Wow. It's such a good game. That's why because everyone's seen the show and we all spent way too much time with the show. So what can we we can I can give you this one and then we can move on to the next one. Okay. It sounds like you are uh, not trying to blow up your spot. Are you hanging out with a baby? <laughs> yeah, this is actually Fritz's first podcast. So Hell yeah. Yes. A Second youngest moment. guest we've ever had on the podcast. <laughs> Pete Blackburn's still holding that title. <laughs> okay. Uh, the answer, Snooky says, I'm going to Jersey Shore, bitch. Wow. <laughs> uh, I can hear her saying it, too, and that's the embarrassing part. All right. We will move on to... Mike, the situation. I feel like he just said something about being a situation. I mean, that's a great guess yeah. because most of his lines on the show involve the word situation, such as when he's ordering pizza and they say, what's the name? And he says, situation. And they're like, what? He says, yes, S-I-T-U-A. Uh, I don't know this one. I'm trying to think. Okay. This is the best There's segment no, in show history. None of them say anything about Jim Tan Laundry because that didn't become a bit until after the show had already aired. Correct. That is actually sneaky late in season one. Yeah. Um, I don't know this one either. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I. I, I even. I thought that uh, I'm the sweetest bitch you'll ever meet was uh, was Jay Wow. Famously, Jay Wow is known as Jay Wow Sweetheart. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh. Okay, so we don't are do we want the answer on Mike the situation? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got a situation. Oh, so so, yeah. so Will was right. Yeah, half credit. Okay, Sammy's the free, Sammy is the free space. Yeah. I'm the sweetest bitch you'll ever meet. Uh Ronnie is an interesting one. Is it just him screaming lights out numerous times after smoking some innocent man for talking to his girl? That's one shot. <laughs> he immediately arrested. <laughs> that one's so funny. Like, I hope the guy's okay, but he, he's like, yeah. And the guy, and then he's like, self-defense, bro. Self-defense. Uh, does, does Ronnie say something about like, like a gorilla? Uh, you are very you had it's a good question if you cut it off after a few words that what you just said. You said does Ronnie say something stupid? <laughs> How about this? You want me to blow your mind? Yeah. Does Ronnie say something? Oh, the answer question is no. Mark. He does not say anything. Okay. So what is the sound? Hmm. Oh my god. This is the best game. Is it just like, is it just like, is it like disgruntled Italian sounds? Oh, I, I, I'll accept that. He's just laughing. He's like, oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, just my like God. Laughing like a goofball. That sounds about right. All right. Now, here's the one that I thought nobody would get. And that's why I was confused when, Pete, you said you might get it. What does Wow say? Does she say something about a praying mantis? It's from that quote, but that part isn't in it. I'll rip your head off or something. After I have sex with a guy, I will rip their heads off. Okay, so I knew that, that one. All right, yeah. So it was the beginning part of the quote. Yes. Yeah, it was I like I'm like a praying the, mantis. There. Yeah, that's the one that I remembered. I thought that was I thought so I combined Sammy and Jay Wow. I was like, I'm the sweetest bitch you'll ever meet, but I'll rip your head off. Yeah. 
Yeah. In my brain, they're the exact same person. They just have different names under them during professional parts. <laughs> it's true. I'll tell you what, man. From so I re- this is all coming because I recently rewatched uh, season one of Jersey Shore, and I'll say like I picked up a lot of new things about them, like with the 2021 context. Tell you what, JWoww might be the best person on that show, like the best human, like loyal friend. Doesn't seem to. Has some mom qualities to, to her, too. Right, like, really looking out for everybody. Like, a real... Uh, a good person in that group. Like, I assumed it would be Vinny, but, like, Vinny's got to really watch his language. <laughs> um, so that brings us to Vinny. What is played under Vinny? Now, I gave Pete a hint with DJ Polly D that it was one of two that did not feature that person's voice. This is the other one. Okay. I believe it is the situation's voice or Pauly D's voice yelling something. Oh, yeah, Vin. Or something. Go, Vinny. Go, oh, Vinny. okay. And he's doing the eyes thing. Okay. That's what it is. Go, Vinny. Go, Vinny. Yeah. All right. Now let's bring it home with the eighth and often forgotten cast mate because she just always leaves. Angelina. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I have no clue what Angelina was. I couldn't pick her out of the lineup. She called. What did you call her? She says the Kim Kardashian of Staten Island. She calls I'm herself that. Um, but that's not what. She, that's not what's on here. Hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. I think Will said it to us a few minutes ago at the beginning of this conversation. In the context of Jersey Shore, am I just naturally Jersey Shore? No, although I was like, wait a second, did I call Angelina? You said oh, at the man. beginning of the phone conversation. Maybe you did. Who knows? We're gonna go back and play this. Find that you could have said have something no else. Clue. I can't believe I got zero right. <laughs> That's not true. You got well, you got Sammy right. Uh, have you have you taped uh, tomorrow's episode yet, Will? Uh, we have taped tomorrow's episode, but we have not taped our Bachelor bachelor recap. Okay, well, the next thing you do, or maybe even next week's episode or something, I'd like for you guys to play this game. <laughs> I think it's a going to. cool game to bring to the fellas. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to get them to play this, because I don't know if anybody would get anything right at this point. So I'll tell you, you uh, Pete was given the option of three lifelines to call. His options were Dave Carter Ruff. Dylan uh, Dylan Chevery and one Will DeFreeze and he chose you I think that I appreciate him choosing me I think that out of all of us I think I am the one who would be the most likely to know these things but unfortunately I don't have like I, Dave and Dylan might have better memories than me at this point interesting okay so Angelina says um hello <laughs> <laughs> Which is part of a quote of her saying, um, hello, they're taking off their underwear or something like that. Because on, the, I believe, the first oh, night they bring right. some girls. Oh, no, the, the girls. second night they bring some girls yeah. back. Because the first night, famously, Snooki gets drunk yeah. and everybody Oh, it is the her. most aggressively, like, uh, aggressively. Um, it's Staten Island. Yeah, it's like, um, um hello. hello. <laughs> Are you dumb? <laughs> That's what she said. Are you dumb? That's incredible. Real Detective Crashmore qualities, which actually I don't know if Will will get that reference because I believe he's still working his way through I Think You Should Leave. That's right. I'm a backer. I listen to Circling Back. I know what's going on. I've been been watching a lot of episodes lately, so I'm really cruising now. Love it. Are you familiar with Detective Crashmore? Uh... I don't think so yet. You will will definitely know when you get to Detective Crashmore, but one of his lines is... Are you dumb? And he says it in a fascinating way. Will DeFreeze, thank you so much for answering the phone and being cool with us just putting you right on the air. Because it is it is a potentially kind of invasion of trusty type thing, but this felt like a very safe move and we're glad that you played along. There's not a lot of people that I will pick up the phone for, but when brunch comes calling, I have no choice but to answer. Hell yeah. Well, we appreciate you doing it. And we hope that you have more fun in the subsequent playings of this game because this is going to be probably the hottest game of thanksgiving this year you have to think it is i'm gonna quiz these guys hard excellent all right we'll talk to you later will love you guys bye Take care 
That's Will DeFreeze from Circling Back. You could check him out at patreon.com slash listen, listen to brunch. brunch. That's yeah, right. You're going to want to pick the $300 tier. That's right. And pay whatever you want. If you don't want to save $295, we're not making you do anything. Right, yeah. You could subscribe to that 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 tier, um, you know, however many times you want. So you could g- make it $300. True. You want to have like multiple wallets, as we say in the crypto world? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Create them burners. I mean, at some point, I think it's insane that we haven't just like created burners to juice our own Patreon numbers. It would obviously cost us money because Patreon takes a fee. But I don't know. I want to have that sleepover. Same, man. <laughs> so, folks, do that Patreon tier, whichever one you want. There's the $10 tier that gives you more things than the $300 tier. But the $300 tier, again, is a lot more expensively titled. So if you want to go bragging to your friends, it's a good flex. You can make, your, right. you can make your profile pick. Uh, that you're a member of the $300 tier. It'll be like an NFT. It'd be great. Um, okay, I guess we have to play. Did you enjoy playing that game? It was a good game? Probably um, frustrating. It was frustrating, yeah, because I was like, I was trying to mem- remember the the clips, but like, really, the only two that stood out were are Sammy and JWoww. Yeah, I think that, uh, so, to- so you obviously got Sammy. I give you credit for JWoww. I yeah, mean, it, that was the one that I remember. I was like, "Oh shit, this girl is gonna rip rip somebody's head off after sex." Right. That's a quote that you don't forget. Yeah, it's just like a mental note. You're like, yeah. oh, well, I probably shouldn't have sex with that person." You're right. <laughs> All right, home sweet home alone. Eighteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. If it weren't a tomato fight, I wouldn't go to it <laughs> because everyone was trashing this movie. Mm-hmm. It came out without any real hoopla. There was some hoopla like a month ago. But then it came out, and no one was talking about the it. The headlines were the hooplas. That's it. Like, the casting headlines. That was it. I yeah. knew that they had um, that they had casted... What's His name is Archie? Yes. Um, Archie... Famously, his from, name is Archie Yates. Archie Yates. Plays Yorkie from uh, Jojo yeah, Rabbit. Yeah, from Jojo Rabbit. That was a big deal. I remember Rob Delaney had been casted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I had heard that Pete Holmes was in the mix. Ellie Kemper. Ellie Kemper. Like, I was, uh, I was interested, for sure. Uh... And like uh, Home Alone is my favorite Christmas movie, so Ooh, I, like I will I will uh, check in when Home Alone has updates. Yes. So, um, I my expectations were quite low heading into this, based off of one the reviews and two the quiet release. The they tried to sneak this release by us. Disney Plus acted like this wasn't even on Disney Plus. When I yeah. went on Disney Plus, I had to search for my it. My first note is this movie is impossible to find even on Disney Plus. Disney Plus is like, nah, I think that's uh, like Hulu. Uh, watch something else while you're here, but uh, definitely don't watch this. But I mean, so this cast, Ellie Kemper, Rob Delaney, Archie Yates, uh, Keenan's in the mix, Pete yep. Holmes is in the mix, Chris Parnell. It's got uh, the screenplay. By Mikey Day, did you notice? I did not. That was kind of interesting. Oh, wow. So uh, Mikey Day and somebody else, I forget who. Shout out to them, though. And oh my goodness, nobody liked it. No. And it was buried by Disney+, Plus. but I still went in being like, well, everyone's some haters. Yeah. Maybe it's, and I got this when I said it was bad on Twitter, maybe it's not for you. Mm-hmm. No, confirmed. This is terrible, and it's because this movie is the biggest wimp in the world. The Home Alone movies are violence. They are the kid attacking the adults, and this movie refused to do that. This movie was very afraid of doing Offending any- anybody. Yes, this <laughs> was a movie, and I, I don't want to sound like Kid Rock, but... This movie was made by parents that don't allow squirt guns at birthday parties. And I know parents who say that that's a that's like a common thing actually where parents don't want squirt guns because they don't want like the, kids the to imagery be in the of guns. Of, yeah. And like that's fine. Fine. Raise your kids however But don't you make want. a home alone movie. Exactly. Yeah. If you're making a home alone movie, you need to have a kid hitting some adults with paint cans, <laughs> not with flour. <laughs> yeah. Flour and milk. Is what he hits these parents with. And also, the intruders aren't burglars. They're not. It's a misunderstanding. They go into the house because they need to get something that they think the kid took from them. Yes. Like, a a very expensive thing. Like, they they are within their rights to want that thing back. Because it is going to, like, 
save their lives, basically. Yeah, so some parents are about to be in some Squid Game shit because they need a lot of money. They're going to sell their house, and they find out that they have a doll that's worth a lot of money. And during an open house, kid stops by, futzing around with the doll. They Someone makes a comment of like, hey, those dolls look like things that are worth something. Delaney looks it up, finds it's worth $200,000, although... It's buy it now price on eBay's two hundred thousand dollars. I can set my NFTs at like three hundred ETH. That don't mean they're worth three hundred. That's ETH. true. So they want to get the doll and they see it's gone. So they suspect, okay, well that kid was futzing around with it. We're gonna have to go get the 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 toy back. And to Rob Delaney's credit, he makes a very honest effort to try to get that doll back in a very legal, yeah. very polite manner. Goes to, finds the parents yes. and is like, "Hey, uh, look, seems like there was a misunderstanding. Could we get this?" And they're like, "Oh, we're rushing off." And Pete Holmes is being super Pete Holmes about it. <laughs> they rush out of there, so they're like, "Okay, we have no recourse but to, I guess, walk and, into this house and get it." And like Pete Holmes is is uh like quite. Quite uh, free with the information on how to get into the house. Shouting He's about it. yelling the code to get yeah. into the house. He's like flaunting his key and then like putting it under the the flower pot. It c- could not have been more telegraphed that like, hey, please break into my house. So they go into the house and they're saying we need to get this doll. And Yorkie, sorry, uh, Max, Max, Archie Yates, famously plays Yorkie in Jojo Rabbit. Is, has been left behind. He's home alone. He's done a nice little Scarface montage that was okay. Yeah. Uh, shoved his face into a bunch of uh, yeah. candy. Honestly, like I think that like some of the jokes in this movie were were fine. Like yeah, the jokes I, were pretty good. I had more of a problem with the plot and how stupid it was. Right. So they they go inside. They're saying we got to get this doll. When we find this little the the doll is a little boy. And mm-hmm. they say when we get this boy, we're gonna sell him. Some old, some dumb old ladies are going to spend so much money on this. I, like that's how we would talk if we found out that like if we found out these microphones or something are worth a ton of money to music historians, we'd be like, "Yo, some dorks are about to yeah. spend a million dollars on this. Let's sell it." Like not saying though, not like just talking disparagingly of those people, but just saying, "Look, there's people out there that want this." So right. they say some old ladies are going to spend money on this. Max overhears this and classic mix-up thinks that he is going to be the target of human trafficking Mm -hmm. and wants to fend these people off, but not super violently, not super like he wants to do it in a way that like wouldn't even get him in trouble if it were done at like daycare or something (laughs) like that. He just lights stuff like milk, stuff like that. Legos on the ground. Legos on the ground. They fall down so many times by happenstance, and I was screaming yes. at the TV. I was like, yeah. "No, it's not. It's not funny when right. Harry and Marv are falling down because oh, they slipped. It's because the kids doing this stuff right. to them." Yeah. But they, this movie did not have. Again, I sound like Kid Rock. This movie did not have the balls yeah. to have the kid do stuff to these people. Yeah, no, I, I, like ninety-five percent of the damage inflicted on these people was self-inflicted Clumsiness. damage of them being clumsy. Like trying, there was a scene where they're trying to get over like a big wall in the backyard, and it's just them falling all over each other and like looking like fools because they're uncoordinated. And like on top of that, they mix in a fucking fart joke. Yeah. It's just like. This is not what Home Alone is. It's not about the clumsiness. I mean, there's there's an element of clumsiness to like the the wet bandits and the sticky bandits. Yeah, but that's not what it's about. It's about the kid outsmarting the bandits and like being fucking dark and violent. Yeah, I mean, well, the premise of Home Alone is obviously very dark. What happens if a child is left alone to and survive? The worst happens. Right. It's not. He's left home alone and. There's fridge. There's a fridge full of food, and we'll be back in a couple hours. No, this kid is left alone for multiple days at a time while burglars are targeting this. House. Like that is every parent's worst nightmare. So this kid, yeah, and has to really right. do some shit to right. save his life. He's not. He's not only like trying to defend his house. He is trying to save his own life and also humiliate. The people that are are coming oh, yeah. for there's him. hijinks along the way. Yeah. That's what makes it a movie. But this movie, man, is just so afraid to go there. They finally get through the wall. They finally stop tripping over themselves. And Ellie Kemper has to is now f- faced with Max. And what does he do? 
He sprays her with soda. Mm-hmm. Mentos no. and soda. No. And it, like the bottle doesn't even explode and hit her. No. It just sprays some soda on her. This It is so, so weak. Flour and milk. Eventually, he gives Rob Delaney a concussion by rigging the trampoline to have him smash his head into the tree. And this movie is so bad and so soft that... When that happened, I was like, yes, good. But I was never saying yes, good when I was watching Home Alone. I just knew what I was watching with Home Alone, which is this is a violent movie. When I was watching Home Sweet Home Alone, I'm like, yo, how are you going to pretend you're doing a Home Alone thing without doing Home Alone Without stuff? committing to it, yeah. And like the really uh, an, entire, an entire element of Home Alone is rooting for Kevin McAllister and rooting for the uh, like just like him to succeed and him to survive. There's no rooting for anybody. Yeah, because there's no bad... They want you to root for everybody so you don't get to root for anybody. Because there's no bad guy in this movie. All I guess you're thinking is, oh, I hope you all realize it's a misunderstanding. Like, oh, it's it's the the world's fault or it's the universe's fault. Like... Maybe we should take some time to understand each other more and, and like, communicate. It's like... Yeah, sure. Like if that's if that if you want to make a movie that that sends that message and and has like a fantastic Christmas spirit and like this overarching like feel good message, sure, go for it. And and Home Alone had that. They worked that in, which was part of the reason why Home Alone is so great. But a Home Alone movie does not work if there is no element of like danger or villainy lowest stakes yeah lowest stakes man and then at the end they all realize oh it's a big misunderstanding and they become a family yeah it's it they all make any become sense. a family together uh boo disgusting it's, yeah it so is so upsetting and that cast has rock stars mm-hmm. that confusing day with ellie kemper a few months ago aside <laughs> where the internet was like wait a second she's what uh <laughs> these are all these are all rock stars who are beloved especially Especially Archie Yates. And he was, and I don't want to be mean, he's a kid. He was bad. He was very bad. And well, I don't that think. That character sucked. The character sucked, and I didn't think that he had a ton of room to uh, to really spread his wings like he did in, in Jojo Rabbit and mm-hmm. in a like somewhat small role. But like, he had nothing to work with and he didn't give much. I thought the best person in this movie was Pete Holmes. I do too, because he finally got to play a dad. Yeah. His uh, thing and his bit in crashing about how like he's just like automatically a dad. Mm-hmm. That's like the best Pete Holmes joke ever because it's a uh, it's bang on. It's somebody being able to read uh, a room full of mirrors. So bad movie. It was it was really, don't recommend it. It was really seriously bad. don't like it, I would no, not say watch d- it. Don't pretend pretend it doesn't exist. Best thing about it, I will. Disney say, Plus is even trying to pretend it doesn't exist. I know when he's scheming. Which is, I guess, like going to the store and buying milk or something. Uh, it does play the really cool, like Carol of the Bells slash Home Alone theme mm-hmm. thing that plays in the first one that has like the awesome drums. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but it's like well, famously, yeah, John Williams, right? Home Alone, right? So. They got that. They got that goodness in there, and that's like the best. One of the best. Uh, Christmas songs that nobody thinks about. I love that. I was watching that. I was like, I forgot that this is an absolute banger. I want to learn how to play drums just so I can play this song. If we're uh, if we're talking about uh, technical elements from this movie, I don't know if you picked up on it, but oh my god, this movie was like obsessed with weird transitions from scene to scene. Oh yeah, like it, a kid, there's at one point where it cuts from like the kids in Tokyo to the uh, house. Yeah, it's, and like it looks like the kid's so, head kind of falls yeah, off. Yeah, it's so weird. They have like the weirdest transitions from scene to scene, and it's it's legitimately distracting. Uh, this movie, it just like this is one of those movies where I was watching it and I was like, okay, maybe like this is the jokes are, are kind of hitting. Like it's it's funny at points. I you know maybe people are uh, like had too high of expectations or something, and then like the further detached you you get from it, you're like, fuck, that was terrible. It, yeah. it really it's like legitimately making me mad how far they they ventured from the premise and the structure of what made home alone work. Yes. Big 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 very bad disappointing. Also the um there was one there was a a, a quote unquote trap in the movie set by the kid 
where he puts a VR headset on <laughs> Rob Delaney and Rob Delaney's character in the movie is a tech guy. Yes. He is like a tech obsessed nerd who's like obsessed with the cloud and he works with like data migration. He is a nerd. And the trap is that uh, he has a VR headset on. And he doesn't realize it. He thinks that he's like in the middle of the desert. It is. It's so stupid. The logic in this movie is insane. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, also, the fact that, um, you know, I think that the biggest plot loophole uh, or biggest plot thing to close yeah. in converting Home Alone into a 2021 movie is like, hey, you can just send a text message to your parents or whatever. Uh, he's a 10-year-old kid, whatever. He doesn't have a cell phone. They they tell you that. That's how they close it. But, like, he's in this, like, smart home that has the hub, like the Google Home or the oh, Alexa yeah. or whatever. And, like, they they try to close the plot hole by being like, oh, this – sorry, your plan doesn't include the ability to, to make phone calls or send text messages, which whatever. Like, uh, it ignores the fact that the reason why – he misses the flight to go to Japan in the morning is because he wants some peace and quiet. He goes into the back seat of one of his uh, parents' cars. I assume that it's like a Tesla or like a BMW or something. And he watches cartoons in the back on the big old screen that Mm -hmm. is uh, in the car, which like presumably you'd think that would be able to like send an email, send a text message, make a phone call from the car. It clearly has Wi-Fi. I got to say, the usage of technology in this movie, really disappointing, because it now seemed like a good time to do another Home Alone, because we've all learned our homes inside and out over the last couple of years, and obviously technology's come such a long way. It's like, oh, there's so many things there's that you could use that like the burglars like, could use to sabotage yes, the house yes. we're even seeing that in scream that's coming out yes like the the um yeah the, the, the ghost face is like unlocking the door right and yeah doing all the, it, like there's so many things that they just this just, movie could have been so much better if it very, was smarter and stuck to the premise and had had a little bit of testicular fortitude very uh very half-baked very yeah. half-baked movie. The good news is the next regular brunch podcast you hear next week, we will have seen Licorice Pizza because yes. we are taking a jaunt to the Big Apple where we will see Licorice Pizza in 70 millimeter film. Mm-hmm. I still don't totally know what that means, but I know that Paul Thomas Anderson is obsessed with it, and that's why he wants all his movies to be seen. So asking you shall receive, Mr. PTA. We're going to go see that uh, Saturday. And it's going to be spectacular. And then afterwards, just a little friend update. We're going to go skating on Rockefeller Plaza because yeah, I, that's a excited. touristy thing I've never done before. And oh, my God, I'm so excited to do it. Yeah, same. I'm very, very excited. Yeah, it's outdoor skating season. So, folks, Windy City, here we come. 